Good morning. I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio Two Double X FM ninety eight point three. Today, we're talking about the Ernie Awards, an annual award ceremony that celebrates the uh, the worst, the worst statements from men and women in regards to sexism. Uh, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Meredith Bergman, who's been a, a pioneer in this award since its inception. Would you mind telling me your name and how you're involved in the Ernie Awards? Dr. Meredith Bergman. Um, I'm involved in the Ernie Awards because I, I was very active as a uh, trade union woman in the trade union movement. I was uh, president of the Academics Union in New South Wales, and there was a terrible old sexist you know, former secretary of the Shearers Union called Ernie, Ernie Ecob, and one day uh, it was announced that he was retiring and a group of us decided to have lunch to celebrate the fact that he'd retired. And so we had a lunch to celebrate it and I'd, I'd bought a very uh, colourful-looking trophy and we presented that at that lunch for the most bestial remark of the year. And it sort of grew from then. And now nowadays it's a, it's a dinner. Uh, about three or 400 women come each year. You know, they pay for themselves, but it's held at Parliament House. And we... I give out trophies for the most sexist remark of the year and it's now in a whole lot of different uh, categories like you have the political category, media, judicial, industrial and of course originally it was all about uh, terrible things that trade union officials had said but they've actually really cleaned up their um, their language now and so mainly it's dreadful things that bosses have done to, to women workers. But we also have a category now for sporting heroes and for celebrities and also we have the good Ernie to encourage men who are behaving better and we have something called the E-Lane which is for women for, for remarks least helpful to the sisterhood. I saw as well there was a category called the Clinton for repeat offenders. Yes, and where this year we are going to change it to the Trump for repeat offenders. And uh, that goes, goes to people who just keep saying terrible things like Mark Latham has won it on a number of occasions, Tony Abbott has won it, John Howard used to win it, Piers Ackerman uh, used, has won it a number of times, uh, Andrew Bolt, just people who continually make dreadful remarks about women. When I uh, initially, because I'm on the mailing list for this um, award, when I initially found out about this, I thought it was actually named after Ernie Maguire, the uh, the sports presenter. Oh, Eddie Maguire. Eddie, oh, it's well, Eddie, not Ernie. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie has actually won the sporting Ernie on a number of occasions. He he does say terrible things about women, and I think they won it. He won it last year for that when they talked about drowning the woman journalist. You know, holding her under, joked about it, and thought that was terribly funny. Yes, I did see that. I wasn't particularly impressed myself, to be honest. Um, so how do the awards work? Do the people just nominate who they want, and it goes to like a polling system to a panel? Well, yes, it's um, during the year, uh, and especially towards the time that the Ernie's dinner is happening, women send in their nominations. They have to be remarked, made by, by public people and, and in the public forum. Like, we have to be able to prove that these things were said. 
And I probably end up with about 300, sometimes more, nominations. And originally, I thought, oh, that's all right. I'll just choose the, or a bunch of us will just choose the worst ones and we'll announce them like they do at the Oscars, you know, take out an envelope and announce them. But the women, I I think we did that on the first, the second year, which was in 1994. And the women booed me down because they didn't agree with who would have won, who who was going to win and um, and so that started the tradition itself of the winners being chosen on the night by booing and hissing and by whoever gets the loudest boo wins the 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 remark that gets the loudest boo and we have highly trained boo monitors who who check it out and so when often the media come to me and say oh can we get uh, you know an embargoed result for the winner and I have to say no no because we're not going to know until the actual night who actually does win yeah it depends on on the will of the people at the moment absolutely (laughs) yes and the women love it they do get into it and you can sometimes hear them doing deals where they say we'll boo for your entry in the uh, media contest if you boo for our person in the Elaine (laughs) may I ask who's the um, Elaine named after well it's Named after Elaine Nile, who was a uh, member of Parliament in the New South Wales Parliament. She, she was Fred Nile's wife. And when we were enjoying our first lunch um, and laughing about it and, you know, handing over the first trophy, she was making a speech in the Legislative Council um, attacking us for being dreadful women. She later became very quite tied to the idea of the Ernie's and the fact that one of the trophies was named after her and used to ask me each year, because uh, I was in Parliament with her, and she'd say, how's it going and who won the Elaine this year? <laughs> because the, um, the the male version for, um, for, for clerical, uh, you know, terrible things said by clerics is, of course, called the Fred after her husband. Yes, of course. Um, did she ever, I mean, the answer for this is, I, I know it's probably a no, but did she ever alter her behaviour to be more uh, supportive of women or... Well, not really, because the whole raison d'etre of the party she was representing was about women having their place in the home and, you know, not not really having a, a public voice. So she couldn't really change that or she would have had to have changed parties. But some, I think, I think men um, are, are quite aware of the Ernie. Certainly political men are. You'll sometimes hear in Parliament after a, a male has said something a bit sexist, you'll hear other blokes yelling out, oh, you'll get an Ernie for that. So they're pretty aware of it. And and certainly some categories of, of the Ernie's, um, men have actually changed their behaviour. Uh, trade unionists, I can't remember the last time we had a terrible statement by a male trade unionist. They've really cleaned up their act. I'm not saying it's all just the Ernie, but certainly it's the spirit of the times and, and women activists in the union movement that have definitely changed that. Could you tell me some of the uh, the highlights of the notable past winners that you can think of? Oh, well, look, there was a dreadful period when um, Julia Gillard was Prime Minister. It seemed to bring out the worst in everyone. There was that terrible statement made by Senator Heffernan who said that you couldn't trust her because she had decided to be deliberately barren, which is just a terrible thing to say. And he rang me up actually after he got the gold Ernie that year and said to me, but you know, why is that sexist? He said, um, I'm, a, I'm a farmer. I know about bulls and heifers and rams and ewes. And I said, but what's 
what's that got to do with whether someone is a good Prime Minister or not? You know, what, what's the state of their inside to do with their ability to be Prime Minister? You know, he just didn't understand it. Uh, and then there was another terrible statement um, along the same lines. It was for a bloke called David Farley, who was the CEO of uh, a company called the Agricultural Company. And he was taking a bunch of politicians around his abattoir. And he said, oh, this machine here, this is for killing you know, old, old cows that can't have calves. He said, Julia Gillard, better watch out. <laughs> Just terrible stuff. And then there's um, what uh, I think Alan Jones said, that she should be put in a chaff bag and thrown out to sea. I mean, really nasty, sort of semi-violent stuff. Was, it, it was really a very bad period. It was almost like having a female prime minister allowed men to say dreadful things. I do remember reading one article at the time that was criticising and critiquing the shape and form of her earlobes and how that was a like a statement towards her ability as a Prime Minister as if it has anything to do with anything. Yes. I mean, she put up with uh, criticisms about her dress, her shape, her, as you say, her earlobes, certainly her hair. Oh, and there was also that time when the, I think, the uh, talkback guy from Adelaide said to her, but, you know, what about Tim, her partner? He said, he's got to be gay, doesn't he? You know, implying that if you're a strong woman leader, then, you know, your your partnership cannot be real. He's got to be gay. I don't know how she put up with it, seriously. Yeah, in in hindsight, she really did put up with a lot of of nonsense, a lot of stuff that really wasn't relevant or or even critiquing of her her leadership style or her leadership ability and was basically just physical attributes and uh, stereotypes as as to what makes a good woman. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And and of course, you see it again, um, and this isn't an area where we could give Ernie's because we only concentrate on Australia. But, you know, what happened to Hillary Clinton was, I think, very much... Uh, when Donald Trump called her a nasty woman, it's really interesting that that sort of language really only is used against women. You know, calling someone a nasty woman is is it's a, it's very directed at, at them as a woman. I think it's interesting as well that after that statement and actually after a great deal of insults against women, that there, there tends to be like a turnaround, and women tend to embrace those those descriptors and embrace those phrasings? Well, I think that's certainly what they did with the nasty women thing. You had women in T-shirts saying, I'm a nasty woman, which I think is great. And they do remember when the um, the police chiefs in one of the Canadian towns talked about, you know, women um, mustn't dress like sluts because, you know, that encourages men to, to rape them. And, and then women started taking back the whole, um, the word slut. And used to wear T-shirts saying, you know, this is what a slut looks like and things like that. So, yes, there's a real tradition of of feminists trying to take back language. Um, You know, it doesn't hide the fact, really, that that men say these things. Yeah, it shouldn't be language that that should have to be taken back in the first place. Yes. And, of course, one of the things that I often think about the themes of what it is that has the women most upset, and one of the themes is blaming the victim. And we've often had situations where some policeman has said, you know, women mustn't walk through public parks at night on their own. Well, you know, blow that. It's the policeman's job to make certain that public areas are safe and that you don't go around and blame the victim and say that women shouldn't do these things because that'll mean they'll get attacked. So blaming the victim is one thing that the women hate. Uh, Anything which 
uh, when they say, oh, the reason there's no woman in this position is because we only do it on merit. You know, anything that implies that uh, merit means that only men can have jobs. Women hate that. They hate anything which smacks of ageism. I remember one year a bloke, a stylist, won it for saying sleeveless is a terrible look on Australian women, particularly for those over 40. <laughs> the women just went, ah, because it's ain't terrible ageism. Anything that attacks one of our heroes, like one year Kathy Freeman's partner got it for saying, I never turned away from Kathy, even when she was fat. <laughs> um, that makes you such a hero. Yeah. Um, so and so there's a whole lot of themes that I've realised that really get up women's noses. Oh, another one is anything that implies that professional women are ball breakers. One year a, a newspaper got it for running a series called Why Professional Women Can't Get a Man. Um, so it's really interesting to see what, what women get particularly angry about. I feel like a lot of those issues as well and a lot of the things that you just mentioned that women really dislike and really get offended by is the implication that the actions that they are doing have to be judged separately and in a special category because they're women? Yes, yes, that's interesting. But that's a little, slightly more nuanced and therefore it's a bit harder to sort of come yeah. out in a, in a state. Uh, it's, it's, there's nothing terribly nuanced about what goes on at the Ernie's. You know, I read out the comment and then there's this huge boo and hissing and, um, and, and often I think they... They don't hiss. They don't boo the actual statement. They boo the person who said it. So sometimes a fairly mild statement can win, but it's said by someone that they really hate. Because so. it's indicative of a, of a history of those kinds of statements or, yes, or it's, their uh, behaviour. And it's really interesting how you can, uh, because I do it each year, I can say, oh, I recognise that name. And you can tell that that person has form. You know, that person said, especially the sporting heroes, um, you, you, you recognise a name and you think, he said something like that last year too or five years ago or something. And then you go back and these guys have really made dreadful statements. And the thing that I found fascinating, because I am a, a bit of a sporting tragic, was that the five guys who said, who I think took a dreadful position on the Adam Goods affair, you know, and said, oh, it's not racism to boo him, it's just that he's, you know, a dreadful person. They were five guys who every single one of them had also won Ernie Awards. So sort of sexism and racism goes together. Now it's time for a little bit of music, and today we have a remix of a classic, You Don't Own Me. This version is by Grace, featuring g Easy.
And that was You Don't Own Me by Grace featuring g Easy. And before you were mentioning sort of a lot of people, a lot of politicians are actually aware of the Ernie's, what kind of response have you had like, generally from these awards? Look, quite often uh, guys who, who, who get the awards, especially media people, uh, tend to uh, say, oh, I'm really proud of that, or you know, they, they sort of bluster a bit. For the good for the good Ernie, um, the guys are very chuffed at getting that. And one year I remember I had to deliver it to the uh, to the bloke who'd won it, so it, he could put it on his desk at News Limited for the year. So they, because it's a you know they have to return them so that you know we can put their name on a little shield and it goes on to the next winner. Um, but the, the guys that win the bad Ernies, they mostly. If they're shock jocks or something like that, they'll often make a comment about it, say dreadful things about me, <laughs> which they seem to think will make whatever they said sound better. Um, and and often that will like Mark Latham attacks me and the Ernie's quite often, and you know I just think that's great, gives it a bit of publicity. <laughs> so they're very aware that they get it, and sometimes you can tell they're they're if if, if a particular journal, for instance, wins it. Then the journos from the other paper will ring up and say, oh, what did you get it for? What did you get it for? So, you know, there is an interest. Um, when you were speaking the other day, you mentioned that you'd actually tried to stop doing the earnings and then it, you had to keep going because of um, popularity. So why do you think it has such lasting power? Yes, I, I find it very exhausting. And um, this year was, is 25 years. So I thought that was a really good time to finish it. And I always keep thinking, oh, no one's going to say anything dreadful next year anyway. But they always do. But a whole lot of younger women said to me, no, no, it's it's a really important thing for us to come together and have a bit of a, you know, boo and get, get rid of some of the anger that we feel during the year when people say these things. So they've convinced me that it's got to keep going. <laughs> so I'm trying to hand it over to other people. Because it is, it's quite hard work, as you can imagine. So every year as well, you hope that there's not going to be any comments next year to sort of justify the awards. Yes, every well, year I think I think that's it. Surely no one, no say one can terrible. say anything worse than that. Yes. yes. Where would you like to see it in, in five years? Would you like it to, to move on to someone else who to organise it? Or would you like it to be obsolete? Look, I'd love it to be obsolete. I'd love it to just not be necessary anymore because people don't really say those things. But there's no evidence of that happening, unfortunately. So in five years, I hope someone will be doing it, not me. It's, it's really hard work. I, I wake up every morning and read the paper and cut out the terrible things and then I go online and, and then people send me things and I've got to track something down. Like one of the things we're trying to track down for, for this year is when um, Gladys Berejiklian became Premier in her very first news interview, an anonymous journalist asked her uh, when she was going to have kids and would, you know, and was having, was a lack of children going to be a problem for her as Premier? And we still haven't found out who, who he is. The, my journo friends are trying to find out who it was. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say. What does that to have her. to do with, that, that's a uh, kind of question that never gets asked of men either. Like, no one ever uh, thinks um, men having children or not having children makes an impact on their, on their, worth, on their work ethic or ability. Yes, and it happens all the time. I, I remember when Lara Giddings became the first woman Premier of Tasmania, the Australian newspaper the next day had a headline which said, and you know, Lara was a single woman and she was from the left of the Labor Party, etc. And 
the headline was leftist Lara still looking for Mr. Right. Isn't that terrible? How is that relevant? The first woman premier. That's ridiculous. No, I know. Well, um, I might wrap up this interview, but before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, is there anything else you'd like to say about, about the earnings, any kind of promotion, or anything you'd like to add to the end? Well, if people are interested, they should look at our website. I think it's www.earnies.com.au. And if you leave out the AU, you get Ernie's fishing spot from Nebraska or somewhere in America. So you've got to remember the AU. And uh, so look it up. It's got you know a history of who who's won each year and a bit of and wonderful photographs of the women all having fun. Because this year the um, the dress theme is Superwoman or you know superheroes. So, so the, the female Doctor Who and Superwoman and that lot. So and a lot of the women will come dressed up. I assure you. That sounds like lots of fun. Well, yes. thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. <laughs> that was good fun. Good. And, Terrific questions. Thanks. Great. Well, I hope you have a great day. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes our discussion with Dr. Meredith Bergman. Uh, join us each weekday, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 2XXFM 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen. Or catch up on all our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subjectact or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Uh, community radio needs you, so please support the station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. And I couldn't help myself, I just had to add in one more feminist-leaning song, and so I'm going to leave you with Quiet by Milk, which was written in honour and popularised at the Women's March in DC on January 21st, 2017. Hope you enjoy it. Have a great day. your face Know your place Shut up and smile Don't spread your legs I could do that But no one knows me No one ever will If I don't say if I just lie still Would I be that monster Scare them all away If I let them hear All I have to say I can't keep quiet I can't keep quiet